Hey, what's up? Cody Birch here. I've got a special episode for you today. It's an interview with a friend of mine. His name is Grant Baldwin, and Grant has a really successful speaking business. He has been a public speaker over the years, but why he and I hang out is he's built a really successful online business teaching people his expertise, which I think is really amazing. And so he just wrote a new book. It's called The Successful Speaker. The subtitle is Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. Now, for longtime fans of the show, you know that uh, public speaking has been been a big part of my life. It was the last company I was at. For the most part, we did marketing for public speakers. I started in 2006 as a public speaker. I spoke, I don't know, I've spoken hundreds of times to thousands and thousands of people and then hosted my own live events in 2019. And so public speaking, speaking from stage, it has a really special place in my heart. And so I'm really excited to give you this interview, this conversation that I had with Grant that we recorded about this book. What's in the book? How do we use the concepts taught in the book? How do we use speaking to help us reach more people? And so if you ever wanted to learn more about speaking, Grant has given us the blueprint to do so. And so uh, next steps for you is to listen to the interview. And then in the show notes, I'll link up uh, where you can get a copy of his book. You can get it anywhere books are sold. And it's really amazing. So enjoy this chat with Grant Baldwin. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. All right. Hey, what's up? We're here with Grant Baldwin. Grant, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, anytime I get to chat with Cody Birch, it's a good day. So I appreciate you letting me hang out with you, man. I agree, man. There's a lot that I want to get to today, a lot happening uh, in your life. And I want to chat about the book for sure. That's kind of the whole point of this is to see this beautiful thing that you've made that is going to benefit so many people. But before we do, uh, curious, as always, for the people that maybe haven't seen your lovely face before or heard your voice before, take a minute and walk us through who you are, who you serve and how you help them. Yeah. So I run the, uh, the speaker lab, uh, which is a company that we teach and train speakers, how to find and book speaking gigs. So I've been in the speaking industry for over a decade. Uh, so that's the main bread and butter of what we do. There's a lot of people who are interested in speaking. Uh, I was a full-time speaker for several years. And I think about when I first got started, uh, one of the things that we say is like, I had the, um, uh, the potential, but I needed the plan. I had the potential, but I needed the plan. I was interested in speaking, wanted to do more speaking. No idea. How do you actually book gigs? And so we find that there is no shortage of people who are in that same spot of, I've done some speaking. I enjoy speaking. I want to do more speaking. No idea what to do from here. And so uh, that's what we've tried to do is really demystify the speaking world and help people understand how to find and book gigs. So we do that through uh, our training program, through the new book, The Successful Speaker that you mentioned. And, uh, but more importantly than all of that, uh, married to my high school sweetheart, we've got three girls. I live in a house full of women. It's the best. I think that's why you and I have uh, this affinity here. I, I, married, I met my wife in eighth grade. How old were you when you met your wife? I was a, so she's two years older than me. I was a freshman. Okay. She was a junior. So okay. definitely married myself a, a cougar. Amazing. Amazing. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. Our kids are the same age uh, as well. I, I, my wife, obviously we didn't get married in eighth grade, but we dated through uh, high school and college, got married in college. So, uh, shared that How as long well. What did you Wait, date for? We dated, uh, off and on, you know, how high school relationships yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. We, we started dating when we were seniors, broke up when we were freshmen in college. I went to the university of Oklahoma. She ended up, and this was before the internet really. So like, I didn't know she yeah. landed at Southern Nazarene, which is like 20 minutes away from where I was. And so one day, I think my mom texted me and said, Hey, Christy, your ex-girlfriend from high school is going to be at this basketball game at Southern Nazarene where my sister went. So I went and then the rest is history. We got engaged as fast as we could and married as fast as we could uh, in college. She couldn't resist you. She couldn't stay yeah. away. Yeah. How old were you when you guys got married? Were y'all in college? Uh, I, I was young. Yeah. I was, in, we were in college. So I was, I think I was 20. Um, wow. 
So we, cause we started dating when I was 15. Um, so we dated for five years, got married on our five year anniversary. Um, total random side note, coincidentally, didn't even realize it um, when we scheduled it, but um, it was our, my grandparents 50th wedding anniversary. So we share that, that same anniversary with them. Um, but yeah, so we got married. Uh, we had dated for five years and then we've been married for 17 years now. So uh, yeah, we're figuring very, out. We're getting very cool. Very cool. Awesome, man. Well, so let's talk about speaking. I know speaking is up there with people's world's greatest fear. It's like if they, it's the thing they want to avoid the most. Uh, You didn't mention that as much as you were talking about speaking. So do you work with people who maybe not ever have wanted to speak, but they want to turn their business into a speaking business or use that as a tool to get their message out to people, but they're trying to get over the fear of starting doing more speaking? Do you work with those types of people too or no? Yeah, a little bit um, uh, on the art side of it, of creating and delivering a great talk. The bulk of it is definitely on the, the business side of speaking. How do you actually find and book gigs? But there's definitely some, because if you if you know how to find and book gigs, but you suck as a speaker, it's it's really yeah. hard to build a business that way, right? So your best marketing is a great talk. So uh, it's absolutely something that we touch on. It's just not the core of what we do. But one of the things you kind of alluded to there, is that one of the things I like about speaking is there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no um, magical formula of like, this is how many gigs you have to do. Uh, so there's some speakers that, you know, we both know that do a lot of speaking and it's primarily as lead gen for other parts of their business yeah. and uh, or speakers who, who they do it just primarily to get paid. I want to get paid. I want to get a check. And that's kind of the end of the transaction and that's fine. So there's, again, there's no right or wrong way to do it in terms of what makes sense for, you know, you may look dramatically different than, than for someone else. So uh, there's a lot of ways that speaking can be incorporated into someone's business, whether that's speaking, you know, five times a year at various, um, you know, association events or trade shows or whatever it may be, or speaking, you know, 120 times a year. Uh, It's really kind of choose your own adventure to figure out what makes sense for you. Yeah. And like we were talking about before we hit record, I mean, right now this is, this is you speaking and you're sharing your message and you're using uh, uh, my platform of, of video or Facebook live or a podcast to be able to share your message. How has that technology shift changed, you know, how you serve people, how you help them build a business speaking by leveraging stuff like Facebook lives or speaking in people's masterminds or in their coaching programs. What's that shift look like for you? Yeah. Good question. So um, there are like uh, true pros and cons with speaking. One of the the pro of speaking um, and the typical way that we think about it is that there's nothing that replaces like an in-person experience, you know? So you and I kind of knew of each other uh, over the years, for example, and we met at a conference um, a few months ago, earlier this year. And then, uh, and then, um, and then I happen to be out in your area, I think a few weeks later, yeah, and we yeah. had breakfast or something. And so, yeah. you know, because we have like spent time in person together, like it completely changes the dynamic of yeah. the friendship and the relationship, you know, versus like, here's someone that I, I kind of know. Um, the limitation, obviously, though, is, you know, when I was out in your area to speak at something, I was in one room speaking to one audience at one time in one place. Uh, it happened to be around a time where there's a, a massive blizzard there. I was trapped there for a few days. That's right. Um, and so I was there for a whole, you remember all that? That was a Yeah, I remember, circus. I forgot about that. You, you took that road and then took the other road and then had to I was like, all the way dude, back how do I get out of your yeah, town? you were stuck. Um, and so the, the, the cool part is as you speak to that audience, you make that impression with that, those, that group of people, but the downside is obviously, you know, you're having to travel there. You can only speak to that group of people, um, versus now, you know, we are both in our home offices. There's going to be people, you know, all over the world that may be able to watch, listen, this, um, and that we can have an impact on that you, that we may never meet in person. Right. Um, so there's certainly like the, the pros and cons to some of the other, you know, new forms of, of, of media that you could use for speaking 
speaking, uh, whether that is a, you know, a podcast or a video or, or Facebook Live or um, you know YouTube video or whatever it may be. But ultimately, I think at the end of the day, like nothing replaces like actually being with a person and one human talking to a collection of other humans in a you know a live in-person experience. Like there, that's that's really really hard to duplicate in any type of digital medium. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's that's. Um as you're talking, it made me think about the balance that people might need to employ in their, in their business. Like if people are really good on video or really good on audio, or they are really connected on the internet, or they have a big social following, then their strategy that you might help them put together might look a little bit different than somebody who doesn't have those things. It doesn't mind traveling or is at a point in their life, maybe before kids or after kids or they're empty nesters, or there's some reason in their career where they don't mind being on the road more and sharing in person. There's a person in my coaching program that was looking at our training around what I teach around lead magnets and lead generation and around different types of content she could make. And I like to use video a lot. And she said, Hey, I love audio. I love to make audio. I know how to make audio and I serve a market. She serves, um, uh, health professionals. So nurses, doctors, et cetera. She's like, they, they can't sit down and watch a 20 minute video, but they can certainly put their headphones in, in between shifts or while they're running around and listen to audio. And I said, amazing. You should totally make a free three day audio course for your people and leverage your skills and your talents to your target target market yeah. to build that out. So that's kind of what comes up for me as I hear you say that you're right. When, when I, when I speak in person, they can't go anywhere. Like they're sitting there. Right. It's rude to stand up and walk out uh, loudly right. and slam the door. They're, they're a captive audience there for a minute, but the trade off of, yeah, while you're doing that prepping, you know, you were in, in Colorado for, I don't know, two or three days, maybe three or four because of the weather, but way too you know, long <laughs> between the travel and then meeting me for breakfast and all that stuff. It's, it's that other amount of time where you're not able to do anything else. So it's an interesting balance, I guess, is what I'm, is what I'm saying. No, absolutely. Um, because that, that time that you're on stage and the time that you're interacting with people and the time that you're able to, uh, like here's an example. So if, if you or I are standing on stage speaking to an audience, I know that you're, you know, you're, you're prepping for something coming up. And so when you're on stage and you're speaking to that audience, like you can tell whether or not they're getting it. You can see those aha moments. You can see the like light bulbs click on. You can see tangibly how you're impacting them. Whereas there may be, uh, there may be much more people watching this video or listening to this audio right now, but we have no idea what their reaction is. They may be like cooking dinner right now or driving down the road, or this is just playing in the background while they're working. And we don't know what their reaction is of like, Oh, that the way that what they were talking about, about that, like that made such a huge difference for my business. Like we don't know those things. And so there's, again, there's pros and cons both ways, but I think that's also part of like the, um, when you're speaking and when you're in front of the, that live audience. And, and again, like I was saying, it goes back to like when we meet and uh, when we've met in person, like it just, it just changes the dynamic of how you're able to interact with someone, get to know someone and, um, ultimately help, you know, serve them in some way and you know, either personally or professionally or whatever it may be. Yeah, there's a friend of mine, her name is Nicole. This is an incredible story. Nicole had, she has a video running right now. I'm helping her with some of her traffic on Facebook and she wants people to watch her video. So in a way it's a stage, we're running video view campaign objectives to her incredible video. It's about six minutes. And so she is talking uh, like present day. And she said, I was going in for my third uh, delivery of my child, my, my third baby. And, I, and within the first five seconds, Grant, she says, I never knew I would lose my life that day. So she had this crazy childbirth. She uh, coded and, and like bled out effectively, was, was dead for five or six minutes and came back to life. And so this six minute video and her baby is safe and she's safe and it's incredible. And so this video is incredible. It's like, you have to watch uh. it. It's unbelievable and it's six minutes long, but here's the catch. I can see now in the metrics on Facebook ads, the average person watches about a minute of the video. So like that's, that's proof of the distraction of being online with the video yeah. or a Facebook live or audio. They just like 
she died, she came back to life, cool, got it. And they swipe to the next video. It's like, <laughs> but when you hear her speak in person, she speaks at hospitals and healthcare conferences and stuff and might be adding more. I need to make sure she gets a copy of this book. She might be adding more speaking to her, to her career as she travels and shares her incredible story. And she went through a specific condition and she wants to raise awareness about that condition that she experienced. But anyways, it's just proof that the best video I've ever seen people just swipe after about a minute and of course a lot of people finish it but the overall majority in the facebook stats are that's enough and they go to the next video yeah it's i got the incredible. gist of the story <laughs> yeah. right but and the other thing is is i mean not just like attention but i think like experience so if you're sitting right. in a room and she's telling that like you're just going if you if you if you sat in a room and she told and she's told that story from stage and you and you sat and watched it on the screen of her telling it from stage. There's just a different emotional connection that you're going to have there, right? Yeah. Um, and so that again, that when you when you get past kind of the the screen world that we live in, and you're able just to like literally see someone on stage, you know, one human uh, speaking to a collection of other humans. Like again, I think it, it you're you're able to connect with audience members that you you cannot you cannot always replicate via a podcast or via you know a video or via yeah. you know uh, a Facebook live or whatever it may be. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the book, man. I, I love the business of speaking. I understand I, I, you and I, I think are in the same boat that the manner in which you speak matters. Uh, but maybe not, that's not exactly what the book is about, right? Let's, I guess I'll just give you, I'll see the stage to you, man. Tell me about the book, the successful speaker. Uh, and who's that, or how did that come about? Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, I, I was a full-time speaker for several years. Um, and I think that's partly how you and I loosely crossed paths was, um, being in that space and doing, you know, 60, 70 gigs a year. Uh, and then I, we, we got to a point where we started having a lot of people who were asking me, uh, the same questions I was asking at the beginning of my career of how, how did you become a speaker? How do you do this? How do you, uh, and, and we found, uh, some very repeatable systems that worked well for us. We found that there's a lot of speakers who I've done a few things and they were things that, that just kind of fell in my lap. And uh, a friend of a friend of a friend saw me speak, or, you know, my mom told me her, told her boss about some, her, uh, her boss about me speaking. And now it's, it's just like some like cool word of mouth stuff, but it's hard to build a business on like, I just sit back and I hope people magically find me. There's got to be like a, a consistent way that you can actually go out and find and book gigs. And so that was um, what we really wanted to um, uh, formulate and crystallize and show people exactly how to do that. And so the, uh, the book is basically walking through our five-step process that makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K, that uh, explains exactly how people can find and book gigs. So uh, S is for selecting a problem to solve. So getting really, really clear about who you speak to and what's the problem that you solve for that audience. The P is about preparing your talk. So, all right, I know who I speak to. I know what I want to speak about. What is, um, how do I put together that talk? Is it going to be a keynote? Is it going to be a workshop? Is it going to be a seminar? There's different formats for a presentation. Uh, the E is for establishing yourself as the expert. So, okay, I'm putting my stake in the ground, my flag in the ground. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Like, here's the, I am the go-to authority on this. How do you actually do that? Uh, the A for acquiring paid speaking gigs. Once I have all the foundational pieces set up, what's the proactive approach I can take, the system I can repeat to actually find and book gigs. And then the K is know when to scale, meaning that um, those that are interested in speaking are probably also interested in a variety of other um, mediums. I'm interested in writing a book. I'm interested in coaching. I'm interested in consulting. I'm interested in, in um, uh, courses. I'm interested in doing all the things and you can do all the things. You just can't do them all at once. So something's going to come first. Something's going to come last. So we talk about how speaking can fit into uh, your overall business, whether that's, that's online or offline. So yeah, 
but that's kind of the, the framework that we teach people through uh, of exactly how to, how to find a book gigs. And all the, how many people have you coached through your courses and online education? Is it, it's, it's gotta be, is it thousands? Yeah, thousands for sure. Um, we've had thousands of people who have gone through our training programs and courses. We've had um, hundreds of thousands of people who have listened to you know the podcast or right. who um, you know have have read stuff on our site. Uh, and so yeah, like one of the things we were talking about earlier, there's just there's there's a lot of people who are interested in, in speaking. Um, whether that's I want to do 100 gigs a year, or I want to do two gigs a year. Um, but there's there's certainly no shortage of people who are uh, interested in speaking. So in those thousands of uh, clients you've had and like hundreds of thousands of impressions and the people you've talked to, uh, what of those five, select a problem, prepare your talk, establish yourself as the expert, acquiring paid gigs, then knowing when to scale, where would you say people miss the mark the most? Uh, the first one, easily. Really? Um, yeah, selecting a problem to solve. Because um, what happens is we, we think in order to find and book gigs, we need to spread the widest net as possible. Hmm. So who do you speak to? I speak to humans. Okay. Uh, what do you speak about? What do you want me to speak about? Right. And like, that just doesn't work. It doesn't work as a speaker. It doesn't work as an entrepreneur. So a way we like to think about it is like a restaurant. Um, you, you, you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, be the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning that some people try as speakers, we try to be the buffet. I try to speak on as many topics as possible to as many people as possible. And that just doesn't work versus saying like, I'm, I'm a steakhouse. That's all I do. So if you want tacos, we don't do that. If you want lasagna, that's not us. If you want steak, we are the go-to place for steak. But anything else, we don't do those things. But we do this mm -hmm. one thing really, really well. And so people naturally just have a hard time narrowing it down to figure out like, what is the go-to thing that I want to be known for as a speaker? So it's easy to, to overanalyze it, overthink it. And we think that like, well, limiting my options means that I, I create less opportunities. And the opposite is actually, is, is actually the case. Like the more narrow, the more focused you are, the easier it is to book gigs. So speakers who are brand new, who are just getting started, struggle with this speaker who, who have been at it for five, 10 years. Um, and are going like, I just, I'm not getting the traction that I used to. It's the same challenge. I, I used to speak on this one thing and now it's evolved to this and this and this and this. And now I have a dozen different things that I teach on, but I'm mediocre at all of them versus like, no, no, this, I do this one thing and I am the best at this. If you want any other topic or any other audience, there's plenty of other people I'm happy to recommend and refer you to. But if you want this, I'm your go-to person on this. And so I think if you get that part right, Everything else is much simpler. It's so much simpler because you know what you're looking for. So uh, a way to think about this is, you know, let's imagine that God forbid that, that you needed brain surgery, right? You have two choices. You can go to um, a, a, like your, your local family medical doctor who went, who's also a doctor who went to med school, who probably took a class on surgery and is like, yeah, brain surgery. I, I could probably figure it out. We can wing it and it should be okay because I am a doctor. Uh, or you can go to like, the person on brain surgery. That's all I do day in and day out is brain surgery. So if you have a heart issue, if you have a broken leg, if you have a bad cough, I can refer you to plenty of other people. But if you, if you need brain surgery, I'm the best on the planet at that. Like that's the way that you want to be positioned as a speaker instead of trying to be, uh, I'm the, I'm the general generalist, um, but the specialist at nothing. So Part of what I'm hearing you say, obviously, is that the more specific you can get, the more dialed in, the more focused mm -hmm. you can get, I would see that you would become more easy to refer. People yep. would say, oh, Grant, he's the XYZ guy, and he's the guy to go to for this, yep. instead of, yeah, he's a nice guy or a motivational guy. I did that when I asked for testimonials the first time I launched a course, and I got so many people that were like, Cody is great. And I was like, that's not what I meant. I meant like, right. did this help you make money, or did this help you launch a course, or did you get your funnels up finally, or did you get an ad published that yeah. was a winner? Not that Cody is nice and has dark hair. Like, what's the 
what's the result of that? So easy to refer would be one. Have you ever seen people when they pick an uninteresting problem to solve? You know what I mean by that? They, they pick the niche and it's like just too wishy-washy, too tepid, too smarmy, too uninteresting, or is that not a threat people face. No, absolutely. Cause there's definitely, there's an overlap between like, just because you're passionate about a topic, just because you care about a topic doesn't mean people are actually hiring speakers to talk about that. So there is that overlap between here's what I'm interested in and here's what the market is actually hiring speakers for. Um, and so you definitely want to be able to find that. Now, one way you can do that is you, you don't necessarily need to always think about what is the, the topic that you want to speak about, right? But thinking about it in terms of what is the problem that you are solving? Meaning some people say, um, uh, you know, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be an inspirational speaker. And she's like, yeah, like, so is everybody else. Like for what, you know, what are you motivating people to do? You know, how are you helping people? Well, you know, I, um, I, I, I dealt with, uh, I don't know, you know, cancer. I had this crazy over overcoming obstacles story. Um, and so today, you know, here's what my life looks like, you know, it's like, um, okay, that's great. But how does that apply to the audience? Like, what's the problem that you are solving? It's got to be more than just like, I had this cool story. So for example, I was talking with this, this gal the other day and she was talking about, I want to talk about, you know, stress. And I want to talk about like how people can have a, a happier life and yada, yada. I was like, think, like, think about the people that you want to be speaking to. She wanted to be speaking to like attorneys. And I said, the, um, those that are running um, law practice offices, those that are, are, are managing those aren't lying in bed at night thinking like, man, if I, could, if I could just get my lawyers to be happier, like how do I get them to be happier? You know? But what they are thinking about is they are thinking like, okay, we have an insane amount of burnout and turnover or um, overwhelm or stress. Um, and it's really starting to affect you know, the company. And so, man, if I can get, if I can get our, our people to... Um, uh, to decompress and to be less stressed out, then it's ultimately going to affect my bottom line. So I'm not necessarily looking for someone to come in and motivate my people, but man, if they can change the mindsets that my people have, then it's ultimately going to affect the problem that the business has. So thinking about it through the lens of who's actually hiring you and what's the problem that you are solving for them, for that audience versus here's what I want to talk about. Who wants to hire me? Like that, that just doesn't work. Ultimately at the end of the day, like oh, that's all business is, is, um, is, is solving a problem. I tell my kids that like what you're doing is you're, you're solving a problem, right? So my oldest daughter, she's just uh, sort of doing a lot of babysitting. Um, and I tell her what you're doing is you're solving a problem for someone else. They will pay you money to solve that problem. You know, mom and I need to go somewhere and we have kids that we can't leave home alone. And so therefore we need to pay someone to come solve that problem for us. And that's the same thing that a speaker's doing is my company is, you know, losing money or my team morale is low, or uh, I'm dealing with a, a divorce or I'm dealing with cancer. I'm dealing with whatever life is throwing at me. So if you can come in and help solve that problem, People will pay you for that, right? But again, like we were talking about earlier, there is the overlap between uh, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about, and what organizations and groups are actually paying speakers to talk about. So how much of that then becomes, so as you were reading off those five, I thought select a problem like, yeah, yeah, that, not that it's unimportant, but it, for me, as those went through, I got a little excited when you talked about acquiring paid gigs yeah. and about knowing when to scale. So when I asked what is the number one thing people get wrong, I assumed you would say it's the, the acquiring paid gigs part of like the yeah. business of it. Um, so talk about, talk about what that part's like, and maybe, like, maybe we can just go one by one. So once you get the problem solved, what do, what do you talk about in the book for the P part, the preparing your talk? What are some nuggets or takeaways for people listening or watching that they can make their presentations? And again, to me, whether it's Facebook lives or a, a webinar or an in-person talk, or for me putting on three-day live experiences or two-day workshops, what are some tips that you have that you cover in the book that can get people to win on how to prepare a great talk? 
Yeah, and I, I definitely want to come back to the acquire piece yeah, yeah, we'll get there, um, because yeah. something that you said there is is like it's the same thing that a lot of people think about. So we'll we'll put a little bookmark there and come okay. back. But as far as preparing your talk, um, one of the things we first talk talk about is the different types of talks. Okay, so you have keynotes, which are typically going to be. Um, anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes. They're usually for a bigger type of audience. Um, and you're not necessarily going deep on any um, major topic or anything. It's something that has more kind of general broad appeal for that specific audience, right? Whereas a workshop is typically going to be for a smaller group of people uh, and maybe for a longer period of time. It may be anywhere from, you know, uh, from an hour to a couple of hours. Whereas a seminar or maybe for an even smaller group of people for an extended period of time. So you mentioned like the two or three day things that you do, that probably would fall in more of like a, of a seminar type of format, you know, or an extended uh, workshop type format. So again, going back to like, not all speaking gigs are created equal. I really enjoy, uh, I'm really good at like one hour block of time. Doing like a three-day thing like you just described, like that sounds exhausting to me personally, right? Yeah. But I know for someone else, you may be like, I would much rather spend three days with 20 people and go really, really, really deep with those 20 people versus speak for 60 minutes to a thousand people. Uh, and we can't really cut, we can't really cover that much of a, any given topic. So kind of just depends of what it is that you want to do and what the goal is for speaking with you can kind of help determine which, which form of speaking may, be, may make the most sense for you. Um, as far as just speaking itself, and, and preparing a talk, um, beginning with the end in mind and thinking about like what, uh, like we've probably both set through speakers who by the end of it, you're like, that was a good speaker. They were funny. They were interesting. They were entertaining, engaging, whatever the adjective you want to use, but you're just like, I don't, I don't know what the point of it was, or I don't know what it was about. So audiences are always asking themselves two questions. So what, and now what, so what, and now what, so, so what, that's a great story. I'm glad that you overcame cancer. I'm glad, glad you, ca you, you climbed Mount Everest in your shorts blindfolded. What does that have to do with me? Yeah. So, so what? Why does this apply to me? And now what? What am I supposed to do as a result of this? Great talk. Am I supposed to now just feel better? Which maybe that's the case. Like maybe sometimes a, a good speaker, I remember years ago I was speaking at a, um, uh, a school assembly um, in Oklahoma. And I remember afterwards the principal, and I, I tend to use a lot of humor when I speak, I tell a lot of stories, a lot of comedy. And I, I had the principal come up to me and said, I saw a couple of students laugh that I've never seen laugh before. And so, yeah, hopefully I gave them some stuff to think about, some stuff to apply. But if anything, like the now it was like, I gave them like a, a disconnect from life for a minute, you know? And it's like that, like when you watch a good comedian or you watch a good movie, like you're just engrossed in it. You're like, I just forgot about my normal life for a minute, you know? Um, so those two questions would be the big things that I would encourage any speaker to think about is so what and now, what? why does this matter to me? And what am I supposed to do as a result of this? Awesome. That, that's awesome. I, I think when I prepare a talk and feel free to pick this apart, but what I typically start with in my head at least is, is, is what I'm about to share with them a problem worth solving like to them and their lives, where they're at, where they're headed. Is this like, do I, is there a problem we're solving? And then can I show them a way to get there? And so then I try to have three points and this could even, I don't do very well on this on my podcast, but if I'm trying to teach something that's specifically, you know, a 20, 30 minute teaching episode of the show, Hey, here's this problem in the world. Like your, uh, I don't know, let's say for me, something nerdy like Facebook purchase pixel conversions are worth tracking. Like can I yeah. prove to them that they are worth tracking so we can have better data and make better decisions with our ad spend and consider it investment and not like we're rolling the dice or playing the lottery. Yeah. And then here's a story to add some context to that. And then, and then to me, the now what is like, so now do this and then this and then this. Um, is that uh, critique my strategy there? Is that, is that okay? Yeah. Starting so, point? How so make that better? No, absolutely. So like, here's the reality is that 
um, again, there's no formula that you have to follow in order to speak, you know? So some people say, you know, you got to have your intro, your three stories, your conclusion, right? You can do that. That's certainly effective. And that works. Uh, and there's some people say, you, you know, you need to have just one point or you only need to have odd numbers of points. You can't have four. You can't have two. Right. You can't have six. You got to have three or five. Right. Like it all works. Like you can find a speaker that, that checks the box for any of those, you know? So ultimately I think when you're preparing your talk, you ultimately need to really think through, what do I like? Why is this relevant? And what do I want the audience to do? And what's the point of this talk? Like, what's the thing that I want them to do from here? So maybe your point was, you know, I need them to think differently about this Facebook pixel that they need to be paying attention to and they're not. And here's why it matters. Right. Yeah. So I need like I when when someone finishes listening to this, the podcast episode that they're really clear on like, got it. Okay. I didn't think this was important. Now I think it's important. I realize it's important. And here's what I'm supposed to do as a result of it. As long as you're clear, it's like, um, all right, so at the time of this recording, we leave um, uh, tomorrow to go on a road trip to go see some family, and I know what the destination is. I'm going to plug that into Google Maps tomorrow morning, and we're going to start driving that direction because that's what Google told us to do. But if we just said, let's just hop in the car and just start driving and hope we magically end up at our family's house, like that just doesn't work. Like, that's never going to happen. And so you have to be clear of like, okay, I'm, I'm taking this audience on a journey. What is the end point that we want them to arrive? I need everyone. I got to pick everybody up at the beginning. I got to drop everybody off at the end. What's the end point that we need to all be at? And how do I make sure that the, the, the steps from point A to point B get us to that end point? Yeah. Well, let's, let's do skip ahead because I know we got, uh, we're on a schedule here. And I want to talk about the acquiring paid gigs. Uh, what, let's come back to that. What do, you, what do you have to tell us about how to acquire paid gigs and build a yeah. business around speaking? Yeah. So going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, you said like uh, of the five steps there, that's the part that people want to get, want to skip to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just get to, I want to, I'm here to acquire paid speaking gigs. That's the whole point of the book is I want to know how to find and book gigs. So let's just skip to that. Yeah. But like we were talking about, if you don't get the foundational part right at the beginning, then everything else becomes much more complicated and difficult, right? Yeah. So let's go back to the, the medical analogy. You know, if I just said, I am dead set on becoming a doctor and I just want to be a doctor. I don't even care what kind. I just like, let's just skip to like the part where I open my practice, right? And I open the doors of my business. Uh, like the business is not going to be successful just because you open the doors and like, all right, I'm a doctor who wants to hire. All right, I'm a speaker who wants to book me. Like, if you skip the opening parts there, yeah. then it becomes very, very difficult versus if you really take the time to get clear on this is the type of speaker I am. This is the type of doctor I am. This is the person that I serve. This is the audience that I can help. Then it actually becomes a lot simpler for you to be able to find gigs and it becomes easier to find gigs. So one of the skipping ahead to the uh, acquired paid speaking gigs. One of the best things I can say is it is much simpler to convince an organization to book you if they're already booking a speaker. And what I mean by that is that there are plenty of organizations that are already looking for a speaker, various conferences, various schools, various churches, various uh, events, various associations, various companies. They're already planning conferences. They're already planning events. They're already planning gatherings where they're bringing people in and they are looking for a speaker like you. Again, you're providing a solution to a problem that they have. So you're not trying to convince them to hire a speaker. They're already planning on hiring a speaker. You are just showing them why you are a good fit for their audience. Uh, and so it's much simpler to convince an organization or group to book you uh, versus trying to convince them just to hire a speaker in the first place. Because at that point, then you have to fight two battles. I got to convince them to hire a speaker and I got to convince them to hire me. Those are two separate things that are big challenges versus they're like most annual conferences are already planning on hiring a speaker. You don't have to convince them of that. They're already looking for a speaker. So if you show them why you're a good fit, it is much simpler to get your foot in the door with them. 
So probably back to the first point that you said around selecting a problem to solve and being specific. So if you know that they're looking for speakers and it just so happens that that Venn diagram of who they want and why you're awesome overlap, then yep. you have a very natural foot in the door to getting their attention on why you would be a person worth hiring compared to somebody that's just, Hey, I do everything. I speak to, you know, mm -hmm. breathing, breathing humans. And that's just my market. Yep. And then you're, it's impossible to know if you're a person worth hiring. So it makes sense that you have to figure out those first ones as well. I had a, I had a friend of mine, he said, can you come, I'll pay you to come teach me click funnels. I was like, all right. So I sent him an invoice and he paid and I showed up at this coffee shop and he's like, all right, where, where do we log in? I was like, hold on a second. Uh, and we, we did like a four hour, like half day consulting gig. And at the very end, I was, we finally got to like, oh, by the way, go log in now because of what you're talking about. It was so much about your market and what's the point yeah. of this offer and what problem, problem does it solve and how do we explain it? And what are the pain points and the before and after of somebody before they experience for you, your talk and for me, you know, your funnel or your product, like how do we get really clear on that? Yeah. And at the end, like, I don't know, go to clickfunnels.com and like sign up and, you know, right, then, right. and then like pick a template and you're ready to go, but you nailed the market part and the talk that's sounds like that's what's happening here as you look for those gigs if you've done a good job with point one and we i know we skip point three so feel free to throw any little love in there for establish yourself as an expert on how that probably makes point four easier as well right yeah yeah so the the two key things that you need um as a speaker is you need a website and you need a demo video right you need yeah. like in this day and age if you don't have a website you don't exist you have to have a website and a demo video is basically think of it like a movie trailer a movie trailer is basically they take a 90 minute movie 120 minute movie they boil it down to two or three minutes and within those two or three minutes you have an idea of who's in it what's the plot what's the theme and the point of a movie trailer is to make you want to see more so um just a couple days ago our family and I went to see a movie and beforehand they're showing all the trailers for things that are coming up soon. And you, you're like, Oh, Oh, we got to go see that. That looks amazing. I can't wait to go see that. That's what you're trying to do as a, as a, with your demo video as a speaker, you're trying to give someone a little bit of a taste to make them want to see more. It is very rare for people to go see a movie without having watched the trailer. It is very rare for, even if you had a good friend who recommended it, you got to go see this. You're going to love it. And like, I, based on your description, based on how well you know me, I probably would. But I'm going to take two minutes and just watch this thing to make sure I think this would be a good fit, right? Um, so that's exactly what you're trying to do with a demo video is give someone a snapshot of um, this is how, maybe you're a phenomenal speaker. You're just not what they are looking for, right? Um, and that's fine. So in the same way that there are plenty of amazing restaurants that are just not the type of cuisine I prefer. So I mean, doesn't mean that they're a bad restaurant. Doesn't mean that it's bad food. It's just not what I enjoy. Um, so that's part of the point of the demo video is to give someone an overview, but make them want to see more. Now, once you have those two things, the website and demo video, now you've got some, some marketing materials you can work with. And then that's where it gets into the uh, acquiring paid speaking gigs and being proactive with talking to people versus like, all right, I know who I speak to. I know what's the problem that I solve. I got my website, got my demo video, got my talk ready. Now I'm just going to sit back and wait for the, the gigs to come in. And it just doesn't work like that. Like wishing, hoping, waiting is not a strategy. Like you have to be proactive and then going out and having a system to find and book gigs. Awesome. All right. Now we got the two minute drill because we're running out of time here. Let's talk real quick about point number five, which is no when to scale. I know a lot of speakers in my life and they nail their message and it's transformational and it's incredible. And then a lot of people, they're looking for what you said. They're looking to transition that into consulting, coaching, maybe a coaching program or an online course or writing a book or starting a podcast. So give us one or two little nuggets of what to, how to know when to scale. 
Yeah. So the big, the biggest thing is like, uh, I would say is that you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once. Like something's going to come first, something's going to come last. And so realize that the more plates that you have spinning, that eventually plates are going to start falling. So we were talking a little bit beforehand about a conference that you and I have both been to that there are, there are just a dozen, dozens of just great ideas, all of which would work. And I think that's the challenge for any speaker uh, and any entrepreneur is the, the shiny object syndrome of, man, I really, I, I saw such and such was doing something with, with Facebook Live. I got to be doing more with Facebook Live. And such and such has just started a podcast and they're killing it with the podcast. Someone just wrote a book. I need to write a book. And I saw someone is doing awesome with a, this course. I need to do a course. And like, maybe I need to be hosting my own events. I should be doing more with social media. Like, yeah, you can do all the things, but you can't do all the things at once. And so just being clear on this is who I serve. This is who I help. This is how I help them. And here's the best medium that makes sense for them and makes sense for me to do that but not trying to do all things for all people, being very clear on this is who I help and this is how I can best help them uh, without spreading myself too thin. Awesome. Well, the book is called The Successful Speaker. And uh, Grant, thanks for taking so much time to, first of all, share with our audience today. Second, I'm sure it took way longer to write an incredible book that you're really proud of. Excited to get it into the hands of a lot of people. These little nuggets you dropped today, there's a lot more to be explored in the book. So where can people go to get their own copy? Yeah, so definitely go by and check out uh, thespeakerlab.com slash book, thespeakerlab.com slash book. If you pre-order the book, there's several different bonuses that we include there, including uh, a free audio book uh, for the entire thing. So I recently recorded that. So that'll be available to you as well. But again, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash book and uh, pick up the, the pre-order and all the bonuses there. Awesome. Well, Grant, again, congrats on the book. Uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar. I appreciate you coming on and teaching us some great stuff today. And everybody go out, run, don't walk, and, uh, and go get a copy of the book. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate it, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Grant. And I'll link it up in the notes or you can go to Amazon or wherever books are sold and grab your copy of The Successful Speaker today.